If the saying is true that life is the sum of the decisions you make, then what happens when a major life change occurs that wasn't your choice? Hi, and welcome to Think Well, Think Better. I'm your host, Tom Latona. I'm an artist, a writer, and a storyteller. And in April 2020, amid the global COVID pandemic, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The timing of these two major life events have helped to reshift my thinking and reshape my mindset as I move forward into a confusing world on the outside while managing an unpredictable autoimmune disease on the inside. Think Well, Think Better is a podcast aimed to raise awareness for those in the MS community and to serve as a source of support and inspiration, not just for those whose lives are impacted by this confusing and devastating illness, but for anyone who could benefit from making personal improvements in their lives. Think Well, Think Better is a story of overcoming obstacles and of reinvention, told through the unique lens of my life, and I share it with the hopes that it might help others along their journey. So join me as we discuss a wide range of topics aimed at personal self-development and share strategies to help face life's challenges with a more informed and improved way of thinking. Change starts in the mind, and if one wishes to think well, then let's start thinking better. All right, there's a lot to discuss. Let's get to work. Hey everyone, welcome back for another riveting episode of Think Well, Think Better, Living Well with MS, a podcast about life, and multiple sclerosis, hosted by me, Tom, your favorite. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I'm really excited for this um, new stretch of episodes that I'm putting out uh, because it, it sort of piggybacks on what I discussed in episode 17, which was the 10 facets of life. And it was a, uh, a sort of plan of action that I came up with a couple years ago, just after my diagnosis, that helped me to simplify and organize my life in such a way that I could get in motion towards, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say fixing, but adjusting to the newness of what my reality was and uh, figuring out where to go from there. <laughs> so as we dive into that over the next 10 episodes, I'm going to be taking one topic from each uh, facet and sort of breaking down and explaining uh, what that was for me, my approach for it, uh, what I did, what I changed in my life and the little uh disciplines and habits that needed to be incorporated into this decision and then ultimately what fruit bore from that tree so to speak um because and this is exciting why I can talk about it uh I I I feel like I've hit a point in my MS journey slash my healing journey slash my spiritual awareness of things um I've hit a point where I'm now looking back at that time period that I'm trying to illustrate for you uh, through this podcast, um, but I'm looking back at it, and that's the important thing. It, it, it's not – I'm not in it so much anymore that I'm. it's behind me, not completely, uh, but it's behind me. You know what I mean? And maybe it's not the most exciting thing. But to me, it is <laughs> because that's that's growth. That's matriculation. Um, when you can start telling your story in the past tense, it means that you've moved beyond that initial uh, trauma, let's call it. And for me, that's exactly what it was. It was a lot at one time in my life that turned my life upside down. And if you don't get traumatized by that situation you are a better human being than I, but you're probably an android or some kind of robot at least because that just messed with me. <laughs> but here we go. It wasn't just crawl under the bed and die. It was, okay, how do, I, how do I deal with this? How do I do it? And the 10 facets of life and the next 10 episodes I'm going to put out are going to uh, detail that in the hopes that 
something, if you hear it, will resonate with you because it's not the 10 facets of my life necessarily. I mean, it is my life, but these are applicable in my mind to just about everyone. Uh, And so if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, I would encourage you to pause this, go back to episode 17, where I discuss it a little bit more at length as a sort of introduction to it, and then come on back here and pick it up from there. Go ahead. Don't worry. We'll wait. Go ahead. Hit pause. Go back. We'll wait. What's that, lady? What? I don't, I don't, I don't have to wait. Why not? I just told him I would, that I would, we would wait for him though. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a podcast. They don't, oh, it's not live. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, so I've just been informed that we, we don't have to wait. Um, we could just keep going with the episode. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. Thanks lady. Um, Let's get going. Okay, well, in case you decided not to go back to episode 17 right now, uh, I suggest you do after this, though. But if you've already listened to it, then you should be up to speed of what I'm talking about. And if you haven't yet, uh, please do. Um, But I will spare you the bouncing around and just sort of uh, give you an overview of what the hell I'm talking about. So if you're just joining us today you have some idea what I am going on and on and on and on and on and on about. Um, The 10 facets of my life. So let me put a little context to this. Um, And in doing so, I have to do something that I I, kind of don't want to do, but I have to in order to tell the story correctly. Uh, What I don't want to have to do, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to load us all up into a time machine and go back about a little over three years ago. I know. I don't want to have to do this, but it's kind of necessary. You ready? This is um time traveling music. It is April. Twenty twenty. Boy, what a shit show that was. <laughs> so, let me explain what's going on. Um, quick recap. On April 7th, 2020, I sat in a doctor's office and he confirmed what we had suspected was the case for a few weeks prior leading up to it was that I, in fact, do have multiple sclerosis. Uh, he believed that it's been with me for about 15-ish years, give or take. Um, In doing a a quiet autopsy of my life, um, I built a timeline, which I'm going to break down in in another episode. Uh, But I did build a timeline so I can kind of gauge maybe when the first onset of the disease was and the first relapse the second relapse, and what I believe to be the third, but not the final relapse before my diagnosis. Uh, Yeah, that was rough to have to do that. Um, But I did, and I'm still working on it. And, um, you know, if only MS was like cutting down a tree and counting the rings, and you could tell where, how old it is. Um, Unfortunately, unless I was getting MRI scans annually there's no way to really gauge this based on the information that's there but it sounds right and it feels right having spoken to a number of doctors that it's consistent with the idea that maybe about 14 or 15 years ago was my initial onset of multiple sclerosis here's the problem though not knowing that it was ms anytime i felt off or i felt weird or i just felt msy <laughs> Um, I, I would sort of attribute it to something else that I knew about in my life. For instance, I have a lot of back issues and, and that has a way of just making you feel all over like shit, um, headaches, dizziness, 
uh, sort of disconnected from reality at times. Um, you know, all of this I tried to explain away based on what I knew, but now, fortunately, I knew something new. I knew some, I knew more. I, it has a name. It's multiple sclerosis, which is fantastic. Except that, what the fuck is multiple sclerosis? I, you know, I was knew something about it. Not much, but something. I knew what it was, I think. Um, but anyway, there I was in a doctor's office, and he's telling me a lot of stuff, and I'm just kind of zoned out. I am not listening. Uh, it's a lot of and um, I, t- I took nothing in. Other than, yeah, you have MS, and here's some brochures, and there's this thing called COVID, and you should stay away from that, because you have a, this is an autoimmune disease, and even if you didn't have an autoimmune disease, it might kill you, but it probably will definitely kill you if you get it, uh, because you're not being treated for anything right now, and there's no vaccine out. And I was like, okay, um, great, thanks. And then I drove home. And there were no cars on the road. And no businesses open. And it was like post-apocalyptic. It was weird. Um, and I drove around for a little bit, just sort of digesting all the information. And uh, finally got home, and that was it. Um, I was in quarantine. And... The days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months, and those initial three months were um, interesting, to say the least. Um, I didn't have a lot of access to sources of support. Uh, You know, of course, I had the internet, which is a dangerous tool, (laughs) you know, when you're trying to figure out something with a disease, um, you don't always get the, the happiest people talking, you know? Um, so I started to feel really, you know, lost. Um, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I wasn't ready to tell anyone about my diagnosis yet because it was so fresh uh, that, you know, I just had to sort of sit with it by myself. Now, at the time, it felt kind of brutal, to be honest with you. I, I really felt isolated. I felt alienated. Um, I was physically isolated from the rest of the world because of the lockdown, quarantine, you know, orders. Um, but psychologically and emotionally, um, you know, just I was in my own world for a while there. But as the weeks went on and I started to pay less attention to the news and uh, less attention to even like hearing people's testimonials about MS. Um, I kind of scrapped both of those habits. I just stopped watching the news. I stopped reading about MS and I just started focusing on what I had right in front of me. Um, the cool thing was I was, you know, we were stuck in quarantine. I couldn't go back to work. I'm a independent contractor. I was, I'm a tattoo artist. Um, and I've enjoyed a really great career as a tattoo artist, but the problem is you need somebody to tattoo, which was not allowed at that time. So there was no working remotely for me. Uh, and I had suddenly a lot of time on my hands, uh, like a lot. (laughs) And I needed to stop thinking about MS. I needed to stop thinking about COVID. Um, but I couldn't just bury myself in work. Um, so it was great, though. I, I used that time, I think, appropriately. Um, I did a lot of creative projects that have been on my radar that I just never really had the time to, and suddenly I did. So there was a lot of really positive creative output during those uh, first three months. But there was also a lot of like deep inner reflection happening. And I eventually, at one point, just had to get my head wrapped around it, and I needed to figure something else uh, out, like how to do this. Because... No one was just going to come and hand me some magic cure. That wasn't going to happen. No one was going to come with a handbook of how to survive a pandemic and a MS diagnosis at the same time. Like, that handbook doesn't exist, to my knowledge. Um, something, something needed to happen, and I needed to be the one steering the ship. Um, this, on some very primordial level, was me trying to regain control. And... A situation that very much felt out of control. 
I mean, I did not ask for COVID. I did not ask for MS, but here they both are on my doorstep. What the hell, you know? So you do what you can with what you got. So I sat down one day and I started to just look at all the areas of my life and the facets of my life that were being impacted at that very moment. And I tried to get very vague and general with it, um, following the principle of KISS, you know, keep it simple, stupid. I didn't want to overcomplicate anything, um, but I just had to look for everything for exactly what it was. So just a quick recap here. And the actual, I don't know if this is the original one, but um, I will post a picture on the Instagram at, at thinkwellthinkbetter underscore podcast. Uh, if you want to check it out, just just see what it looks like. Um, but it's just basically a, a wheel, a spoked wheel. Uh, so there's the centerpiece, the hub, and then it branches out 10 ways from there. And it's the key areas of my life that uh, I knew were being impacted and needed my attention on them. But by doing it in a wheel fashion, it's not prioritizing one over the other necessarily. It's not a list. Um, they all connect inward. And I've tinkered with this, admittedly, many, 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 many times. Um, maybe I think it was six in the beginning. I was at eight. At one point I had 12, and I kind of wheeled things back and landed at 10. I could probably slim this back down to eight. Um, I don't think the number of facets really matters. It's It's the exercise of sitting down and actually putting pen to paper and thinking this thing through, like giving yourself the time and the space to figure this out. And that was my MO back then. Um, I had nowhere to go, nowhere to be, nothing to do. And I had a lot of shit that suddenly was right there for me. Um, and I took action. I, I knew I had the time. That was cool. I had time and I had some space. Even though it was like weird because I didn't design this to go this way. I was just making use of what was there for me. And I was in quarantine and I had this indefinite period of uh, isolation. I kept, you know, every couple of days they'd say, well, maybe next week we'll open up. And when, the, when we flatten a curve, we'll maybe open up. And it was always pushing it off, pushing it off. And you have to really remember, we can look back now and say, oh, okay, well, the first lockdowns were three, three and a half months long. Then there was a summer where people kind of went out again. And then in the fall, as predicted, the weather drops and more people get back to school and there's just more people. Um, Of course, there was another uptick and we went through a second shutdown. So it's easy to look back at it and go, oh, it was just this, this and this. But you kind of lose yourself in the review of it when you're in it um, and you don't know the next time you're going to be able to like go to a movie theater that, that hits different, you know? You don't know when you're allowed out of your house. So in those moments, time really slowed down. Like, it really slowed down. I lost track of weeks. I mean, I remember one day waking up and not knowing what day it was. Flat out, could have been a Saturday, could have been a Wednesday. I had no idea. It just ceased to be important to know what day it was, which might not be a bad thing, to be honest with you. Um, but again... I try to tell the story from the position I'm at now, presently looking back, while also keeping an eye on trying to remember exactly what it was like in those moments. And I'm really grateful that I was keeping a journal because there's the part of me today that wants to sort of braggadociously puff my chest out and say, oh, yeah, I had it. I had a handle like I just got right to work and you know, Um, that would be kind of. Not true, um, at least based on my journals, which tell a more accurate story of somebody who was completely scared shitless, felt very alone, very abandoned and isolated, um, very confused. Did I mention scared? Yeah, I was scared. <laughs> I could admit it. I was petrified. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know what MS was. What's this going to look like? Am I going to be in a wheelchair? Am I going to, you know... I had some questions, as I think we all do when we hit that diagnosis. And, you know, I just really didn't, the, the timing of it was so bizarre for me. 
It was just so bizarre because I think sometimes if that news was maybe two months apart, maybe depending on which came first, maybe I would have handled things differently. Maybe not, you know, we'll never know. But the fact that they were a week apart for me just intrinsically links them together. They are just one giant life event for me. Um, but I, I, at least I know if you're listening to this, you survived the pandemic as well. So you could at least empathize and understand a bit about at least half of my problems um, because you survived the same thing I did. You were to some degree locked down. Maybe you were working remotely, but still COVID was here. You dealt with it. The paper towels, the sourdough breads, the binging Netflix, whatever you did. We all shared that. That was a very global experience. It's just for me, I have this little cherry on top where it's like, oh, and by the way, that thing that has been nagging you for a decade and a half, it has a name and it's not going anywhere. And now the rest of your life will be a post-COVID experience with MS on top of it. Good luck. Here's some brochures. (laughs) When I say it that way, wow, you know, you might just understand how I, I tried not to be angry Um, But yeah, I was angry. And then I would get angry because there was nothing to be angry at and no one to be angry at. I couldn't point a finger and blame this, that, or the other thing. And that's one of the hardest things to deal with in, in accepting something is that it's there isn't always a fault. It's not always cause and effect. I mean, unless you're talking on a grander karmic level, which I'm not, but, you know, like if, if you drive drunk and you wrap yourself around a tree, that's on you. That's not the car's fault. That's not the tree's fault. You made a dumb decision, cause and effect. You know, you fucked around, you found out, you played stupid games, you won stupid prizes. There's times when I feel like I would be more at ease if I knew that it was something I did because then I I could at least blame myself. But I can't. It's not fair to me to blame me. It's not fair to anyone else to blame them. There's no fault to be had here. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. It just happens. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why. But here I was, here's MS, here's COVID. And one day I sat down and I said, well, I got a little time and I got a little space. And if I could just get a little bit more information on this, I I could figure this out. I will figure this out. I don't have an option not to. There is no going back for me. So therefore, the, the term new normal, just, I don't know, it's just empty words. I, I get what they're saying. It's a new normal. It's my new normal, too. Like, my new normal is just normal now. It, it's, it's abnormally new normal. And I realized I was just going to have to learn somehow to adapt to the new normalness of everything. I mean, how do, how do you live with a chronic illness? How do you live with a autoimmune disease at the same time that there's this virus out there that is spreading quickly? Uh, it mutates quickly. There's no vaccine yet. There would it'd be another year before I could get a vaccine in me. I was considered high risk um, due to, to the uh, to MS. So there was no way in hell I was going to risk myself by leaving the house unnecessarily. I certainly was always going to have a mask and wash my hands and do all the other common sense stuff. But staying six feet away from people, that's not a problem for me. As a matter of fact, staying in my house for weeks on end, also not a problem for me. So that was not a hindrance. And I want to make sure that's clear. Like, that was fine. I had 
no problem. I was getting text messages from friends going, oh man, you must love this. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. I knew what they meant. Um, yeah, so it wasn't all terrible. I didn't think it was all terrible when I was in the moment, and I certainly don't think it was all terrible now, three years later. Um, but there was so much unknown in my life that, yeah, of course, yeah, I was like plagued with anxiety. I was worried about the future. I was worried about myself and my son and I was worried about everybody. Um, there was a real existential threat happening and it was happening outside and inside as it turns out to me. So I had to sit down one day and get real, real and uh, figure out some sort of something. I don't know. I just had to start doing something. So I grabbed a notebook and started scribbling ideas down. And I thought, all right, well, maybe if I could just come up with like a couple key things I could focus on every day or at least be aware of them. And then every day I, I could, I don't have to remember this. I could just look at the my little chart and say, okay, well, what needs my attention today? Let me triage this situation, you know? And that's easier to do when you kind of have things in categories. I mean, at least for me, that works this way. That's how my brain works. Like if things are in categories, like um, file folders, you know, then I know that if, um, let me say, you know, I'm having an issue with my career, right? Okay, well, that's, that's career. That's job. Okay, that's, what's that situation look like? Well, I can't go into work because of the lockdowns. Okay, well, that's that. I don't need to focus on it any more than that. I could put that towards the bottom of the list, so to speak, because it wasn't a high priority issue. I couldn't go into work. Uh, that was it. Done. Okay. No problem. Um, so at looking at that, I found very easily, this is a no-brainer, that health <laughs> was the number one thing I was going to start with. I was going to start with my health uh, because, you know, I have to. It's my health. Otherwise, you know, none of this would exist because I would probably be dead. So I sat down and I said, okay, of these 10 facets, health is going to be the one I'm going to focus on numero uno. I'm going to sit down, figure out what I have to do, figure out how I can do things. And I broke that particular facet down into five sort of subcategories. Because what is your health? I mean, I say it and we all know what I'm talking about, but like, really, what is it? And I thought, well, that's interesting. I never really looked at it that way. So I looked at it that way. Uh, And I broke it down into five subsets. I think you have um, physical health, mental health, emotional health, psychological health, and spiritual health. And I believe if you can get those five sort of in tune with each other, or at least, you know, above the 50% mark, um, I think you'll be okay, you know? And there's some days where maybe your physical health needs a lot of attention, um, you know, and you're working on something with your emotional health of who isn't, um, mental health, who isn't working on that. Um, you know, so you could, you could fluctuate between those, those five things, but I figured, okay, if I have this A written down, which is a great exercise, again, uh, the habit of, is writing things down means that I could look at it over and over again. And it doesn't matter what my emotional state is or what my mental state is. When I'm thinking about it, I always have it on paper. It's locked in. So in those moments of clarity... I would take advantage of my writing and I would use that as the benchmark of what I would hold my practice to. So obviously physical health was a was a absolute no-brainer starting point for me because it's an autoimmune disease and that COVID bug that's floating around will probably kill me. It's killing healthy people. It would destroy my body. Now, I have to say this. I was very fortunate that in those first three months, from April to uh, beginning of July of 2020, when it was that first lockdown period, I was good with physical, my physical health. I was fine. I had yet to experiencing, experience anything that was directly MS-related in my mind. So... Getting the news that I had MS didn't make anything flare up. You just have to remember it was 15 years of undiagnosed, unmonitored, unmedicated 
progression of this disease. Nothing changed on April 7th other than my awareness of the disease and went up. That was it. I did not suffer anything from a physical ailment for those first three months. So that was something that I was aware of, my physical health, but I didn't have to do anything about right away. So that was, that was important to notice is I was helped out by the fact that, that I was in quarantine and I wasn't leaving the house and I wasn't near people. So that helped my physical health, but it hindered my mental health, my emotional health, and my psychological health. Because I was not around people, I was essentially in solitary confinement, for, all, for lack of a better term. And I was going on that way for months and months, and, and that takes its toll after a while. I don't know anyone who came out of the pandemic with a fresh, beautiful state of mental health. I mean, I think we all can admit we took a, a bit of a beating on that one, right? Um also, your emotional health. I mean, I, I could blame it on MS because mood swings are pretty common as a symptom for MS. But like I was up and down. I was up and down. There were times I would just, I would be happy, skipping along, <laughs> reading a book, doing something I really enjoyed. And then I would just get this overwhelming sense of dread and fear. It was like a roller coaster. I mean, sometimes I just would get so sad and I couldn't understand the source of the sadness. It wasn't like I was watching Sarah McLaughlin puppy videos or something. I would just be reading a book, <laughs> not even a sad part, you know, and I would just start to feel this overwhelming sense of dread creep in. And um, this was before I was more focused on these kinds of things. So I, I didn't know. It was a mood swing that would kind of wash me over and I would just be upset for an hour or two hours and then I would be I'd be good again and I didn't geez I didn't understand it you know I just chalked it up to well it's it's been rough you know sometimes you got to cry it out and I'm like okay but this is happening way more often than is normal so yeah um the emotional health took a hit uh my mental health of course like just that's a lot to compress and, and process all in a short period of time. So I don't have any judgment against myself on that. I'm, I've been super gentle in coping with this, uh, but no doubt mental health, uh, that's a big one. Um, and psychologically, it was the isolation of that period that I think started to wreck me a little bit. Um, at... That isn't just, that's not an MS thing. Um, that's a sudden break, like the emergency break on life got pulled and we all got thrown to the front of the car and then we got sent to our rooms. <laughs> and like you can't talk to anyone, you can't see anyone and you just can't have human connection at all. Um, otherwise, you know, you do it through your phone or Zoom or you know, FaceTime calls, but I'm talking about like connection, you know, physical connection with people. Um, it didn't exist for me. And over time that started to really, uh, kind of shake the way I fundamentally looked at life and looked at a lot of things. And I'm glad now I have a better check on all of this, but at that time I felt that slipping away, um, to the point that I thought I was maybe going crazy. I started questioning a lot of things, um, and I think it's good to question things. And now I have more, slightly more, I don't want to say answers, but I have a better idea of what I was questioning. But, you know, have you ever been in that position where you're just questioning everything, like reality, um, but you don't really understand any of this on a metaphysical level, so you just, you think you're crazy, you know? Um, yeah, I went through that. I did a lot of questioning. A lot. Uh, and it all just seemed to keep rolling in, rolling in, rolling in. And the more I would think about it, you know, my emotional health would take a hit and I'd get, feel all sad and depressed again and, and despondent. And, and then I would feel happy again. And I would remember that I, my body felt good. So I kind of pull myself out of it from that way. But 
it was just bouncing. It was from one to the other to the other, um, which led me to the fifth and probably, to me, the most important of all these five subsets of health is uh, one spiritual health. Now, I know this might be a, a somewhat touchy topic, um, but let's lay some ground rules down. Let's be fair about this. When I talk about spirituality, and I will, um, I'm not talking about religion. I view them personally. I view them as two completely separate things um, to the point that I am not and have never really been a religious person. I don't mean that your religion is wrong and my non-religion is right. Not at all. Um, I respect if somebody has a very strong religious connection to something. I would assume that they would respect my personal views of not having a strong religious connection to something. I've never said I wouldn't have a strong religious connection to something. I just don't, and I haven't had a strong religious connection to anything. But I don't think you need religion to have spirituality. So let me explain. Religion sometimes is often, uh, especially in the West, based around a sort of creator theory uh, that there's this one massive, bigger-than-us entity or power or something out there that made us and guided us and sculpted us into a certain likeness. And, and we call that, in many of these religions, it's called God, which is just a word. And I told you I was going to get touchy here. Um, God is a word that is, means the same thing in different circles. If, if you go up to a, say, a secular spiritualist and they say, hey, the universe told me that this was going to happen. Um, what's the difference there? I, I don't see one. I, it, it's still a belief in something bigger than oneself. That's all spiritual, uh, spirituality is. It's, a, it's an understanding and a connection to something that is bigger than each and every one of us, but very unique to each and every one of us. And, and maybe it comes from outside or maybe it comes from within, and I don't know. Like That's something that each person should investigate on their own accord. Um, the minute I start telling you the way it is, I make it a religion because I would have to set up a story around it. I have to throw some context into it. Uh, that higher whatever needs a name. And as soon as you have a name, that means all other names can't exist. So the more I found myself looking into the sort of metaphysics of spirituality, the more I realize that there is a, there's a connection with religion, but it's not, um, they're not connected, at least in my mind. And I, you might disagree with me and respectfully, that's good for you. Um, I'm open to conversations like that. Um, but I'm not here to poo poo anyone's belief system. Uh, nor am I here to tell you what mine are in an attempt to sway you one way or the other. I'll share where I'm at just so you have understanding of what I'm talking about. But um, I, I don't have anything for you to join because I don't belong to anything. Uh, so when I talk about spirituality, what I'm really talking about is connecting to that. Whether you call it God, the universe, source, um, the all, the allness, that isness, as some of the woo-woo say. Um, whatever you call that. Your Buddha nature, your your birthright, your your soul, whatever that is for you, are you connected with it? Have you connected it? Would you connect with it? You know, and it's okay if you don't, um, or haven't, or maybe you haven't even thought about it. Maybe you thought, hey, if I mention this to my friends, they'll laugh at me find new friends, <laughs> you know? Um, but this became really important to me because of all of that confusion, um, you know, my head was spinning. I had way too many thoughts in my head. Uh, I had way too many emotions that were just running my life amok. It was, it was a rough three months 
Although I didn't think it at the time, but my, like I mentioned, my journals tell a different story. Um, I started focusing in on, on spiritual practices and really investigating what it takes to bring everything together, I guess is what I'm saying. So, um, that was a big one for me and that actually deserves its own, uh, episode down the road um, because my my foray into deeper and more profound meditation techniques was born from that period. Um, and meditation is not only a daily practice for me, but it's something I actually write about quite a, quite a bit. Um, I've studied a number of different meditation techniques and, and I have some opinions on, on them all. I think they're all great. Uh, and it's not a one size fits all. So it's important to have a, a wider understanding of what meditation is, uh, what it really is or what it should be or could be. Um, as opposed to, I think the idea that people have about meditation, um, they sort of, from people I've spoken to, they, they, when you say meditation, they, they see an image of somebody on a rock cliff, you know, silhouetted against a, 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 a sunset and they're like, you know, omen it out. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. That's, if that's what you do, that's awesome. But meditation is so much more than that as well. Um, and that is something that, um, I'm really excited about it. I read a lot of uh, content about it, and, and I, I practice every day um, almost obsessively. Uh, I don't know many other people that meditate four or five hours a day, but some days I do, and it's really great. And uh, I want to talk about that down the road. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> the whole point of it is this. Uh, I just wanted to get started on this this 10-episode run here, and I wanted to start with health, obviously, because it made the most sense at the time and still does. Um, so physical health for the first three months in that period, no problem at all. Um, it wasn't until July of 2020 did I experience my first MS-related punch in the face. You know, the one that I knew was actually MS. Um, that one... Oh boy, that that hits hard. I mean, MS punches real hard. Knocked me on my ass. That was rough. I'm going to cover that in an upcoming episode. Uh, mental health is something I'm going to bang the drum on often uh, because I think it needs to be talked about. Any taboo that's still stuck to mental health needs to be shed immediately, and this needs to be uh, brought to the forefront. I, I know people talk about the mental health and it's great. More people need to be talking about their mental health there. It goes deep and it's pervasive. Um, people are losing their shit out there and their lives uh, because it's hard to get a grasp on this. This is serious business and I take it very seriously as well. Um, and then emotional, psychological health. You know, sometimes those two kind of, <laughs> kind of morph into each other and it's hard to pick one apart from the other, but I'm aware of it and it's written down. So if I'm feeling swings of emotion, I, you know, I'd look at that as, as an actionable, uh, something I can, I can, I can say, okay, this is an emotional swing. What can I do? What needs to happen right now? And I put the priority on that. That's where the triage idea comes in. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Health. Was the first of the ten facets, but there's subcontext of five. If this is at all confusing, uh, welcome to my brain. Okay, this is how I remember things uh, and how I categorize things and how I make things make sense for me. The reason I bring it up is this: this might work for you. Um, but this is not like a step-by-step procedural thing. Uh, I share it only because. It worked for me. It helped me really simplify my life at a time when my life was incredibly chaotic. I use this system even to this day. Uh, sometimes I tweak it. I always tweak it. Actually, I'm a tweaker. Um, I tweak it. I, I adjust it. But I look at it almost every day just as a reminder of this is my game plan. This is what I decided I'm going to do for me, 
to save my day because the cavalry isn't coming to do this for me. So certain disciplines and habits needed to be built in, no problem. I needed to understand uh, something more about, you know, mental health, fine. Got, got some books on mental health, read about it, you know. It's whatever was required of me, I was doing it. And a way of prioritizing this made it simpler for me because I didn't have to remember what I was focusing on. I could just look at it. So if you look and you see that the 10 facets that I have laid out align with you, yeah, go ahead, take them, use them. I don't care. Um, But I'd really encourage anyone is don't do what I do. But I share it only because if some of this makes sense to you, use it. You know, if you want to make your own wheel, but it only has, you know, six, that's fine. If it has five, that's fine. I wouldn't go over 12 is the only stipulation I would add there. If you're going to make your own and you can't get your big major facets under a dozen, um, you're missing something. You know, something could be combined or maybe eliminated. It might just be too much going on. So start simple, you know. Uh, try not to exceed 12 and and work it. Work it every day. Uh, rearrange it. Um, do it on a dry erase board so it's a little easier to, to sketch out if you have to. Um, you know, particularly if you're newly diagnosed, I'd, you know, this might work for you because you're going to have this... <laughs> This was born from a time of a newly diagnosed person, so uh, you might be able to familiarize yourself with some of the uh, emotional and mental struggles of those initial months of uh, diagnosis. Um, But if there's anything I'm missing, um, I would love to hear from you. This happens to work for me. It might not work for everybody, um, but... It works for me, but if there's something I might be missing, um, you tell me. Or if you found there there's something that you could do it in less, uh, do that too. Let me know. Um, I'd like I love hearing from everyone. And um, oh, on that actually, I'll end on this. Um, thank you, everyone, for there was a few of you that reached out after listening to the last episode. Um, I'm doing better. Um, the medication I've taken. Um, the copay dealing with health insurance it's still there but it's not a priority right now um but thank you for reaching out i'm i'm fine i just you know it was one of those weeks that uh, the frustration pent it up and you know thought somehow i'll creatively turn this into a podcast episode so i yeah whatever i'm fine i'm fine i'm better <laughs> i'm better um all right that's it i got to go uh, thanks everybody for hanging with me. I know this wasn't the smoothest retelling of this story. Um, I'm just trying to get a hold of this and make this make sense for me. And um, so far, pretty proud of it. More work to do, um, but this is a good start. Uh, next couple episodes, we'll be breaking down the rest of the facets: career, finances, purpose. Uh, mindset, environment, hobbies and interests, family, friends, romantic relationships. Uh, those are the uh, those are the other nine in this thing, um, which suit my life. And I'll kind of break them down and, and share some anecdotal stories about um, you know what I experienced as, uh, initially on the onset, and and honestly, just how much this has morphed and changed um, as we as I've gone along over the last three years has been kind of interesting to chart as well um, because it shows you where different priorities lie at different points in your life. Um, and maybe that that kind of data doesn't make a lot of sense for you right now, but ironically, I didn't think it was going to make a lot of sense for me three years ago. And I look back in some of these journals and I just it's so valuable that I had written that down because I would have forgotten a lot of this stuff. Um, so if there's any moral to this, is that if you have a, a journaling habit, um, or practice, um, good for you. And if you don't, I would encourage that. Um, I would encourage writing down whatever is going on inside of you. Uh, just if for no other reason is just to get it out of your head and give it a place to live in a notebook. 
you know, there's a lot of online tutorials on different ways to journal. You could bullet point, you can do prompted journaling. Um, you know, again, no, it's not one size fits all. So experiment and find what works well for you. Um, and I think as long as you're trying stuff and you're doing it daily and you're making good positive habits out of these things, um, it, it pays off somehow down, down the road. I don't know. Don't ask me to explain the, the details of that, but it, I've seen it and I've experienced it. It does pay off. And it's not always about this is this is the one thing I do and I do it all the time. It's play around, have fun with it. Like this exploration of learning and, and understanding about yourself and this disease, it's already miserable, <laughs> you know? So why make it more miserable by making a job out of it? Um, gamify it if you have to. Make it fun, Uh Sit down, journal, and read, and 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 write write about the paragraph you just read. Make a game out of it, and if you do that, reward yourself. Now you could have, you know, you could go do something fun for yourself. But like, build disciplines into it, um, and you're gonna see over time. And it doesn't take long. Sometimes just maybe a couple weeks, a month, um, you can form a new habit in about thirty days. You just do it every day. It's also really helpful if you kind of have to do it. Because your life depends on it. It's got that extra little oomph to get out there and do it. But, um, hey, inspiration comes uh, in weird packages. So does motivation. So whatever you got to do to get yourself to that place, use it, get there, and then keep the momentum going. So until next time when we keep our momentum going, uh, take care, everyone, and thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Think Well, Think Better. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended for informational entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for professional medical advice. I realize our time is our most valuable resource. So if you chose to spend yours with me today, thank you very much. And if you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. If you found value in this podcast, why not share it and recommend it with a friend to help grow and support awareness for the MS community? As always, you can join the conversation on Instagram at thinkwellthinkbetter underscore podcast or email me at thinkwellthinkbetter at gmail.com. Love you all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.